Well, hello, and welcome back to another scary, scary edition of the ghost stories told from the south. I am your host, Stephen LaBooth, and I've got some creepy, creepy stuff for you today. Ooh, it's going to be great. But I hope everybody's doing good, doing great. This is Ghost Stories ghost stories told from the south and i am your host Stephen labooth ready to tell some scary shit man all right this is episode 106 guys and girls man the second show of the season pretty awesome sauce guys and i just want to say a big thank you to everybody who is uh subscribing and downloading and getting my numbers up it's awesome and i thank you for doing a good job keep up the good work guys because my youtube numbers are getting bigger and my uh, podcast numbers are getting a little bit bigger you know so i mean i think it's cool i'm doing this you know out of my house i don't got no high tech studio no big time sponsors it's just me but hey it's all good but i just want to say thank you guys and if you're listening to this right now, please hit that subscribe button. That way, uh, anytime I load something or a new episode comes on, you'll be the first to know, guys. So do that for me and keep giving me some more of them reviews on Spotify there, guys. The star reviews. But uh, it's all going good. I got, I'm getting a great fan base going, and I love it, guys. I'm glad you like you like what I'm doing. So yep, 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 yep. All right. Well, hope everybody's having a great week, man. I'm having a pretty good week. But if uh, you're ready, I guess uh, I'm ready, and we'll do some uh, scary stories. So, lean back, cover your feet up, get you some hot cocoa or some hot coffee, snuggle up by a fire, and then get time. It's time for me to scare you. Oh, ho, ho. I know that sounds corny. I need to work on it. <laughs> but anyways, let's get on with our first story. All right, our first story is going to be a little short one. But of course, we're going over uh, Alabama stuff still. So, Anyways, this is called Jack Cole Road. There's a little dirt road in a desolate wooded area off of Highway 7 in Blunt County, Named Jack Cole Road. In Blount County is in Alabama. Since 1890. There have been. Usual high number of deaths. On this road. 68 to be exact. The strange thing about the. Uh, haunted place is. No one is really clear on who. Or what haunts it. That's pretty interesting. Because every place has a story of. Why this place is haunted. Or why they, you know. Because something happens so. Huh, that's pretty strange that there's no story behind of what's going on. Many people believe that the road is haunted by the people that have died there before. Whatever the case may be, the deaths that have occurred on Jack Cole Road have one thing in common. They were all surrounded by strange... Oh, by strange circumstances, limited details, and mystery. At one time, there was a hospital built along Jack Cole Road in the nineteen in nineteen hundred. There it was a, but okay, and it was built in nineteen hundred. There was a uh, a chloral outbreak which killed several people. Another uh, strange incident in in this case of the uh, mummified woman. One day, hunters came across a cabin in the woods. Inside the cabin, they found the mummified remains of a woman. Many uh, local citizens believed she was a witch that a witch and blamed her for these strange things that have occurred on the Jack Cole Road. That would be creepy. Stumbling in upon a fucking cabin out in the woods and a freaking mummified person's in there. Ooh, I'd be like shaggy. On Scooby-Doo, go, yeah, I'd be gone. Okay, another, okay, I already said that one. 
During the late 1960s, a local fruit grower was found murdered with an axe at the at the end of Jack Cole Road. There was there was one of the that this was one of the most gruesome and disturbing murders the town of Hayden ever uh, ever had ever seen. Then there's the case of a missing 52-year-old Lisa Weaver in 2015. <coughs> Excuse me. Lisa lived on Jack Cole Road on February 5th, 2015. Her, her home caught fire. Lisa was physically unable to leave her home and had just Oh, I just communicated with her son via text a few moments prior to the fire. After firefighters uh, surveyed the uh, wreckage from the fire, they recovered the bodies of the family of the family's three dogs. However, there was no sign of Lisa in the ashes. Now that's creepy. I mean, there. I mean, maybe she just maybe the fire was that intense and it burned her up. up. I don't know, but there would be an out. I don't know. That's weird. Then in 2003, a famous civil rights photographer photographer was travel uh, was traveling uh, to Jack Cole Road to photograph it for a project he was working on when he claimed to have seen strange things in the woods. He later died on the uh, haunted road. Wow. See, don't even go there to take fucking pictures. Don't be nosy. This is one place I don't think I want to recommend people going and reporting to me on. I don't even know if I'd want to go. Many people have reported lights in the woods, lights darting through the trees, ghostly figures, and even reported sighting of a Bigfoot-like creature that appears to be half man and half wolf. The next time you find yourself in Hayden, be sure to not drive down the old road. And if you do... Use caution. Mm. See, I like that one was pretty good. I like that one. Ah, sorry. I'm just getting a drink right here, ma'am. All right. Let's see. Let's get our next story. Damn it. I had everything sitting out ready and then I... Shuffled it all together and mixed it up. Okay, let's get it going. Our next story is the Gaines Wood Plantation. Here we go. The Greenwood Greenwood the Gaines Wood is a plantation home in. Demopolis, Alabama, and is one of the grandest homes ever built in Moringo County. Having risen from dog trot to a natural his historical landmark over four decades and six editions, Gaineswood became one of the most sig uh, significant examples of Greek revival. Uh, of Greek, uh, con <sighs> of Greek architect remaining in the United States. The home was or originally constructed as a uh, dog trout style home. In the in 1821, by George Struther Gaines, and set on 480 acres of beautiful land a man by the name of nathan ryan whitefield moved from north carolina to to maringo county and purchased the 480 acre property and drug in the dog trod home in 1843 whitefield realized he needed room to uh, accumulate uh, he needed more room for his large family and many important guests in total, Whitefield had 12 children, both natural and adopted. Upon purchasing the property, Winfield decided to construct a mansion around the dog trot home originally built by Gaines. 
the dog trot would become the uh, nucleus around which Gaineswood, Gaineswood was constructed. Winfield was not a trained architect, but he was extremely well-traveled and well-read, so he began construction on his family home, which later became known as Gaineswood. After beginning construction in 1841, he uh, completed an addition in 1843, 1847, 1856, Almost. Well, he started it in uh, 1843 was the first edition. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was uh, done at the end of the Civil War. After being under construction for nearly 20 years, the property was named Marlemont, but later renamed to Gaineswood in 1856 in honor of Mr. Gaines. Mr. Gaines. Soon after the home was completed, Mr. Whitefield passed away. Well, no shit. Took him 20 freaking years to build it. Oh, Mrs. Whitefield passed away. Mr. Whitefield knew he would need help keeping up with his, home, with his housework and raising the children, so he hired a young woman named Miss Carter. Miss Carter was to serve as a... Housekeeper and nanny for the uh, Whitefield's 12 children. One went through Mrs. Uh, Whitefield allowed Mrs. Carter or Mr. Whitefield allowed Mrs. Carter to send her sister Ellen to come down from Virginia for a visit and keep her company during the holidays. Elvin Evelyn Evelyn was uh, an accomplished painter, and from time to time she would play the uh, piano while Mr. Whitefield played the uh, bagpipes. uh, They would play Mr. Whitefield's favorite tunes of Scotland, a uh, genre of music by Mr. Whitefield was quite uh, found out. During her stay at Gaineswood, Eveline became ill and passed away despite the uh, best medical care available. Despite the uh, medical advances uh, in in the (laughs) medical world, she uh, still passed away. Uh, Where was I? It was Eveline's wish to have her body sent back to Virginia, but due to the ice and snow, it was impossible to have her body sent back immediately. It was decided by her sister and Mrs. Whitefield that her burial would be postponed until spring to allow for the snow and ice to melt. Sorry, I had to move that. It looked like I was way to fuck over there and I wasn't. Anyways. uh, Her body was laid in a casket and stored inside a heavy pine box which was sealed and stored under the stairs in the cellar. Soon after uh, Eveline's death, other housekeepers reported hearing the sound of footsteps ascending the stairs and into the drawing room where the piano stood. Then while others here sleeping, Evelyn's ghost would begin to play the piano once again. When the housekeepers entered the drawing room to find the uh, source of the music, no one was there, and the music would abruptly stop. The snow and ice eventually melted with a with the arrival of spring, and Evelyn's body was sent back home to Virginia. However, the piano tunes late at night, footsteps still continued to be heard. It was assumed that Evelyn's ghost attached itself to Gaineswood because that was where she spent her final days. Some have assumed her ghost remained there because she was angry her body was not immediately sent home to Virginia. 
Either way, it's an interesting story and pretty creepy if you can ask me, man. That was a pretty good story, I'd say, I'd say. I like them stories like that. And that kind of makes sense when somebody works somewhere for a while and how they get it, their spirit attaches to the uh, place. I think it's pretty awesome. All right, guys. We will take a quick break and I'll be right back. Well, how's everybody doing today? It's your good old friend Uncle Dickie from Borderline Texas Trash. The most popular podcast in the world today. It's climbing up the charts faster than freaking slime on a stein, baby. Well, if you're wondering, what the hell is Borderline Texas Trash about? And who is it, some bitch Uncle Boo? Well, Uncle Boo is the most recognizable voice in podcasting today, baby. We're going to get funky like a monkey on some ton of greens. I'm coming in on white lightning, baby, on a silver saddle to bring you the best of Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I'm your host of the show, Uncle Boo. We go over everything. We do a little bit of politics at the end, but not much. I don't step into that bullshit a whole lot. But we have fun. I go over stupid world news of the day, talk about uh, stuff from the past, what the cost of living or stuff was like that. And we just talk about all sorts of fucking fun facts, do a little joking around. And my niece joins the show sometimes. We do a little segment called Ash Handy's Garage on Friday nights, baby. That's our live show we do sometimes. And then I got the uncle that I talked to down in uh, Booseville, Louisiana. And he calls sometimes. And we have a little show called Uncle Dickie's Corner. So you guys come check out Texas Borderline, Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I know you will love it. We are on every platform you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher. Pandora, iHeart, uh, I mean, we're on everything. We're even on Podbean, man. We even got our own YouTube channel. We even got an Instagram account, and we got our Facebook account. So go check us out, man, and come listen to the show. You'll get to listen to Ash Handy, Uncle Boo, Uncle Dickie, and all the most recognizable voices in this motherfucking podcast in the world today, babies, because we will get funky like a monkey, I guarantee it. Let's just say, baby, I've wine and dine with kings and queens, slept in dumpsters, ate pork and beans, baby. But I am your host of the show, Uncle Boo, Borderline Texas Trash. Don't forget about it. If you want to listen to a show to just get your mind off this crazy world and all the COVID and politics bullshit, <coughs> come check my show out. Come check me and my crazy family out. Some of the shit we do, we do live uh, shows from the barbecue. So I'll see you later. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little commercial. All right. Our next story is about the sweet mansion ghost. There are many stories about various, various paranormal activities that are said to be or said to take place in the uh, mansion. Countless apparitions have probably been seen on the grounds. Story: The story of the caretaker who claimed to have been seen a casket with the body of a Confederate soldier laid in on one of the uh, laid in on one of the rooms. Downstairs is one of the most interesting. She believed that she saw the body of one of the sons of the of General Patton whose funeral was held in the house. The mansion was uh, featured in A&E's Paranormal State in 2011. There is a room in the house that is acceptably tense to look, a tense to look to lock women inside. Okay, this room, okay. There is a room in the house that always tends to lock the women inside of it. So don't go in that room, women. Because it's going to lock you in. One of the mansion's caretakers, Emmett, was uh, so terrified of her of her experience. Why would you call a woman Emmett? Emmett, L- Emmett Letty Region. That was her name. What the frick? Anyways, she was uh, terrified of her experience that she would only live in 
they live in two rooms. The house also has a mystery area, which is called the secret room. It has no door and can only be accessed through a small interior window. It is believed that two of these sons of the former owners have buried are buried underneath the floor of the secret room. Investigators have captured numerous photographs, documented strange anomalies, and on one photograph was that of a uh, dis- distracted shape of a silver silver civil war soldier outside in the pro- outside on the property one evening. During the taping of one of the episodes of the show Paranormal State, investigators saw a door move by itself and they also heard footsteps. <clears throat> a large a large piece of ceiling tile was fluttering itself across the room. Oh, it flung itself across the room. I'm sorry. A large piece of the ceiling also flung itself across the room. Oh, here is the history of Sweetwater. The Sweetwater Mansion was designed by General John Braun. He was a veteran of war of the War of nineteen twelve, and he owned more than four thousand acres of land in Alabama. The mansion got its name from the creek and first uh damn it, am I missing a page? I sure the freak am. Okay, sit so down by the where was I? Okay, the mansion got its name from the uh, creek that runs by it. And it was the first occupied by General Broughton's son-in-law, Robert Patton. The mansion, the mansion's basement once served as a Civil War hospital and has also been a county jail. There are rumors of someone who once lived in one of the rooms upstairs who participated in dark magic, but many believe this is to be uh, untrue. The mansion was ex- the mansion uh, the mansion has been listed on the National Historical Society's place. And here's some more stuff. Okay, it was designed. Okay, we got that. By Patton. Okay, there was also rumors that one time. Okay. Okay. Over the years, the mansion basement has. Okay, we heard that. Uh, as you might expect, it, uh, based on some of the history, Sweet the Sweetwater Mansion is a. Oh, is considered to be among the most haunted places in Alabama. They say that about every place. There are lots of tales of phenomenal act of paranormal activity linked to the mansion. There have been many different apparitions reported in the uh, reported on the grounds, and one of the uh, caretakers actually claims to have been. Okay, here's the one about the casket. He claims he's seen a casket to, uh, containing the body of a Confederate soldier in one of the uh, downstairs rooms. And then it just disappeared. And this is the same thing saying there's one particular room where it locks the females inside. And that is it for the Sweetwater Mansion in Florence, Alabama. That one was pretty good. That seems pretty creepy. You know, I wish it would have told more... uh, I think I was missing a page, though. I wish I would have told more on uh, who died there. Because, you know, somebody had to die there. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just, you know, stating facts. All right, our next story is the Pinkins County Courthouse in Carlton, Pinkins County, Alabama. Alabama is currently rebuilding the courthouse 
after three times it reported it were it is reportedly haunted by a freed black slave named Henry Wells. It's his ghost. The image of his face was naturally imprinted on a glass window pane due to a uh, flash of lightning. So apparently, I guess he was in there and uh, lightning struck while he had his face kind of plastered up to the window. And yeah. That's kind of crazy. Uh, where we at? Okay. The original courthouse was built by the Confederate Army in 1830 after the county seat was moved from Pekinsville to, Car to Carlton. Pekins County was named after a Civil War hero named Andrew Pekins, and as a result, the county and the town of Carleton became a symbol of what the South could achieve. Due to this, the uh, Unionists burnt down the original courthouse during uh, 1965. The second courthouse was built completely by volunteers from the town the people became became even more proud of their new courthouse, and they were of the least one since they had built in built it themselves. Only sixteen years later, the second courthouse burnt down, just like the first one had. What the fuck? I would not build any more uh, courthouses on that property. I would go to a cross town or something or pick, fuck, do a different town. Uh, although it was uh, due to the Unionists, the second uh, burning was thought to be the case of uh, arson. Police decided that it was a result of a burglary gone wrong. The town blamed the incident on a man named Henry Wells, which probably didn't happen because back then... People were very ignorant and stupid. They just assumed he did it because of the color of his skin, which is totally wrong and fucked up. But anyways, it sounds like that's what they did. The third courthouse was built quickly and still, and it's still active today. The town of Carlton is very uh, proud of its uh, court of its courthouse. If you commute, if you commit a crime in Pickens County, then chances are. Court appearances will take place in Pekins County Courthouse. I hate it when they do this. They abbreviate, not abbreviate, but <coughs> put the crap in parentheses. Okay. Which is conveniently night in the very center of the county. Crimes the crimes which you can be tried for include drinking alcohol since prohibition is still in place in Pekins County, Alabama. What? Wow, they still have prohibition there. There's no serving. Oh, my God. That was a that dry county. We had some like that growing up. Like in the town I lived in, they served beer but no liquor, so it was a dry county. Well, then that finally changed, God, till, not till I was a fucking adult. Not till after, I'd say 2005-ish. Maybe 2000, yeah, 2005, 2006-ish. Okay, here's the story of Henry Wells. Henry Wells a, was a freed black slave who lived just alongside the town of Carlton. He was often described against, or dis. He was often discriminated against because of the skin of his, the color of his skin. Basically, what they're saying, he was harassed and bullied, and basically, I don't know how you word it, uh, being picked on because he was a, you know, a black guy, which is totally wrong. Um, anyways, where okay, which is why he did not spend much time outside his home. Or inside the town. Rumors also started going around about Wells. People started to believe that Wells was planning something against them. See, just because he's minding his own business and staying to his own. 
y'all think he's doing something. But if he was up in y'all's business, y'all'd have him hung for looking at a white woman or something. Something stupid. So he was he was screwed either way. So the people also started telling other people to stay away from uh, Wells because they thought that he carried a razor blade wherever he went and attacked people on site. Although this was not true at all, although Henry Wells was badly tempered and got into fights often, he was not particularly dangerous. Basically, he got in the fights a lot, and I bet you got in them fights a lot because people giving him shit about the color of his skin, being mean to him. When the courthouse burnt down a second time in 1878, people naturally blamed Wells. People believed that Wells had planned the uh, burglary of the courthouse and that the burglary had gone wrong. And so he burnt down the courthouse, although most people agreed, agree nowadays that that the courthouse burnt down either by natural causes or it was an accident after the new after the new courthouse had been built wills was uh, rested and he was charged with arson burglary and carrying a concealed weapon and attempt attempted murder murder Although there was no, there was not much evidence to support any of this, these charges at all. He was uh, detained in the sheriff's office. World, word spread of Wells' arrest, and the town's crew grew more and more angry at Wells. The town sheriff knew that it was only a matter of time before a mob formed. Basically, back then they'd have these mobs that would form. They'd call them lynch mobs. And what they would do, whether whatever, if they felt the guy that was in prison or in the sheriff's jail, no matter what color he was, they would just go in there and basically get the prisoner and go hang on themselves before a jury got, before he got tried or anything. In some cases, I could see it, you know, justified. But some cases like this, no, that man didn't do nothing and he. Had the mob on his ass. Okay, where was I at? Word spread quick. And a mob of men, many of whom were drunk. Yeah, and of course, it's probably down there at the local bar drinking going, yeah, he's probably doing this and blah, blah, blah. That's why I don't like drinking. Anyways, they gathered outside the courthouse. The sheriff held Wells in the attic of the courthouse and told him to stay there until the mob had left. The mob did not leave, however, and only grew. They were demanding Wells so that they could lynch him. Henry Wells eventually grew tired of this and moved to the window of the attic that forced the... uh, that faced the mob. He shouted, I'm an innocent man. If you kill me, I will haunt you for the rest of your lives. At this moment, a bolt of lightning struck the window pane and flashed the image of Wells' face into the uh, window pane that he was behind. The mob eventually broke into the courthouse. They grabbed Wells and carried him outside where they lynched him. The image of Henry's face that was imprinted into the glass by the flash of the lightning is still there to this day. People have tried to clean the glass before, but the face would not leave. During a violent hailstorm that... During a violent hailstorm that broke most of the windows in the courthouse, the only window that did not break was that the uh, face that the window pane that had Wills's face on it. That's pretty creepy, but that's what the motherfuckers get for wrongly accusing somebody and being a jerk and hanging him. I hope he haunted all of them. Along the window uh, pane, oddly, Henry's ghost haunts the courthouse. Many people say that they can feel his uh, feel his presence or hear his voice. A gray mist has also been uh, sighted. Hmm. 
So see, guys, here's what happened. That's what, you know, when you do something in a fit of rage like that and you're drunk and not thinking and you do something stupid, totally ignorant and effed up, it comes back to haunt you like this poor guy. See, we got two more stories. All right. Let's take a little quick commercial breaky and then we're going to get on backy. You ever look up at the sky at night and look at the stars and wonder, are we the only ones really out here? Have you ever wondered how much our government hides from us? Have you ever wondered why so many mysteries go unsolved? What really happens? What's the clues? What's the evidence? Ever wonder if Bigfoot or Mothman is real? Then, if so, come listen to this podcast called What's Really, really, out, really there? out There. And I am your host, Stephanie Booth. And, and I am my your co host, Stephen Booth, Hafaja. And if you're into UFOs, Unsolved urban lake, murders, unsolved mysteries, murders, mysteries uh, unexplained stuff that happened, urban legends, we're into all of that. Conspiracy stuff, too. We go dive into that. So if you're looking for a new podcast that tells that kind of stuff, then you uh, need to listen to what's, what's really, really out, out there. there. And we are on Spotify and iHeart and Pandora, I think. But we are pretty much on every platform. Mm -hmm. We have a YouTube channel, too, or channel. So go check that out. It's called What's Really Out There. So come check us out. Once again, I'm your co-host, Stephen Booth. And I'm your host, Stephanie Booth. And this is What's, What's really, really Out there. there. We'll see you at the next episode, guys. Well, I hope you like that little commercial. Our next place we're going to is the King's Cresswell Garrett Home in Monroe, Alabama. The King's Cresswell Garrett Home in Monroe County was built in the late 1850s by William Duck King, the nephew of the only U.S. Vice President to hail from Alabama. When the Civil War broke out, the plans for the uh, Grand Mission or Grand Mansion were scaled back to a uh, scaled back a great deal. But it is still said to have broadcasted. Huh. Okay, still have the the broadest building of any in Alabama. In Alabama Plantation Home. The paranormal TV series The Dead Files once featured the home on the show about about 100 years after it was built. Huh. So, that's crazy. Exactly 100 years. It was purchased by a former state legislator Eugene Garrett and moved to its current location in uh, Eura. It is privately owned, but but one former owner claims that the evil entity was attacking her and she feared for her life. The King the King Creswell Garrett Home is one of the largest historic houses in the state, with 9,000 square feet. Remarkably, the home was once even larger. Before it was uh, this this before half of it was tore down and moved from Lower Peachtree to Eura in the 1960s. By then, it had been bypassed by the Civil War and deadly tornado that left the lower peach tree. Oh, that leveled the lower peach tree. Those de- These days, the home is used by descendants of the uh, Garrett family as a wedding and in, uh, event venue. Although rentals have been temporarily suspended, owner Anna Jean said, ignoring 
Ignora said her family is currently living in the home, but it will uh, reopen for events in 2000 and 2020. The home was featured in the 2012 tra- Travel Channel show Dead Files. But Ig- Ignore, Igner, anyways, uh, where was I at? Says she, oh, says she was uh, raised in the home and there's no ghost here. The mansion uh, was built in 1860 by Dr. William H. King, the nephew of of the only vice president from Alabama, uh, Rufus King Doc. He was a known choice Packard's Bend on the Alabama River as as the site for his home. The story goes that the house was never entirely finished. It was originally set due to the outbreak of the Civil War. Although the main structuring was complete, the main structuring was complete. An ex- an expense ex- an une- ugh, unexpected shipment of trim and uh, other materials from England never made it through the Union's blockade at uh, Mobile Bay. The mansion was uh, largely com- complete. However, it was the home of generations. Of- the mansion was largely completed. However, it was the home of generations of the King family through the early 20th century. In the 1960s, it was uh, rescued by former state legislator Eugene Grant, who moved it piece by piece. Ignore Garrett's dog. I'm probably saying that fucking wrong and screwing it up. If I am, I'm sorry. Ignore Grant's daughter and current owner spent much of her life in the house. With the exception of a few years when her mother sold it to another family. She said her father found inscriptions dated during the Civil War on the columns. Including one one uh, that says, My father, WWE Grant, looked all over for the... Oh, wait a minute. Okay, in the columns. Including one from 1862 that read, God grant its uh, whole house... Slaughter of men will men will soon. God grant its whole house. Slaughter of men will soon. Wow. Okay. Uh, case my father W. E. Grant looked all over for uh, looked all over the home to move. Looked all over to move the home, and he found a place in Europe and restored it. And and he happened to stumble upon this beautiful mansion that we now call Octavia, the King Garrett Plantation House. Nearly the entire house is pegged together, my father said, making it easy to dismantle and in, in a reasonable. Garrett said at the time it was almost a prefab, prefabricated house. It also had a thirdarized and it peak uh, in the. It also had a theorized its pegged construction was the reason the home withstood the 1913 tornado that devastated Lower Peachtree. The house away in the the house will sway away in the wind, he said sometimes as much as three to four feet. When Garrett moved the home, he had to leave behind the, the, he had to leave behind, leave behind the, the uh, hall, some of the hallways and four rooms that had been extensively damaged by honeybees. The home was uh, moved on 27 track trailers to the uh, field uh, of Alabama and 59. The home today is additionally, the the home today, the house has uh, 
an additional upper and lower floors with twin pillars and 16 fireplaces. Damn. Ignore says there are six-man rooms downstairs and six upstairs, along with wide hallways and four bathrooms. There is also an, an enclosed secret stair, stairway leading to the hidden room, which is now open and no longer hidden. She said just one beam in the house is 12 inches square and 55 feet long. It took 55 sheets of sheetrock to cover the the to cover the to cover one room and 82 gallons of paint to cover just the upstairs one time. Ignora said the pegs are visible in the attic where the uh, woodwork is amazingly uh pristained. A home more than 150 years old typically comes with some ghost tales, and this one is no exception. But in, but in all that, the first story of the uh, real supernatural activity <coughs> was in 2011, when the owner, who was not a family member, reported that she was attacked. She blamed an unseen entity for her fall through a damaged spot in the attic. Floor to the uh, foyer floor, two stories below. She was seriously injured. In the 2012 episode of Dead Files called A Woman's Rage, the host claimed the house was haunted by spirits of former residents. Well, yeah, if it's been in the family for that long and people have died in there, there's going to be some stuff. Family members incite the supernatural tale is not true and that the house only leads itself to such stories because its cavernous size can make it seem eerie. When I was little, I would I used to hide and jump out at my friends and scare them because it was so big. Ignora said with a laugh, but I don't believe in ghosts. Well, uh, yeah. And that's the end of that story. See, that one's pretty good, too. That one had a lot of, uh, well, <coughs> and two people there. When you move a house or restore it, they always say you get a lot of uh, hauntings after that, too. So, Oh, baby, baby, baby. Oh, shit. I forgot that's, oh, well. See how many more we got. Two more, baby. All right. Our next story is the USS Alabama BB 60. Nestled in Mobile Bay, it is the final resting place for the US. Excuse me, the U.S. Alabama BB-60 is a military attraction that is also the home of various entities which have not found their peace yet. The 680-foot ship was brought back to U.S. waters in 1965, and it's one of the few original attractions which is which is a must-see when visiting Alabama. Okay. Some of the paranormal occurrences in the USS Alabama have been anyways, Some of the paranormal activities in the U.S. Alabama, the USS Alabama, have been contributed to the two deaths of men who were in the uh, Norfolk shipyard during her construction. The U.S. Alabama, the USS Alabama, was finished in 1942 
and served for more than three years without any fatalities caused by enemy fire. However, there are quite a number of deaths caused by friendly fire. One of the guns is safely features that were uh, supposed to be prevented prevent the uh, turrets from firing upon each other had failed and caused the deaths of eight people. Many people who have been to the ship heard footsteps coming towards them, even through their, even there was, even when there, even when there was no one there. Apparitions have also been reported in the officers' quarters, in the cook's gallow, or the, yeah, galley, the cook's galley. The crewman who died due to friendly uh, fire still seemed to have remembered or re- remained in their uh, stations at the turret where they took their last breath. Late at night, popping and, uh, a popping and tapping noise can be heard in the uh, bullheads and the uh, solid steel hatches shut on their own. That's pretty awkward. Because them uh, doors are pretty freaking heavy in them places. Visitors have also reported the feeling of being watched and one woman who passed by the sleeping quarters had her eerie had oh had her earrings snatched by an unseen entity. That would be fucking weird. Just visiting somewhere and something snatching your earring out. Yeah. What a dick. The ship has been open to the public. And those who would like to find out for themselves if the ship is haunted or not are welcome to do so. However, no one is allowed to stay overnight unless he or she is an employee or part of the uh, youth group. The USS Alabama is a battleship and it was the sixth ship of the United States Navy which was named after the uh, state of Alabama. It was commissioned in 1942 and served the Atlantic during the Second World War. She was decommitted in 1947, or decommissioned in 1947, and assigned to reserve duty. She was finally uh, retired in 1962, and in 1964 the ship was taken to Mobile, Alabama, and became a uh, museum ship. It was added to the National Historic Landmark uh, Society in 1986. During the Second World War, the U.S. Alabama escorted aircraft carriers and bombarded the uh, Nuru Island and treated the wounded uh, soldiers, too. The ship is now a memorial to the men and women who served and lost their lives. It was towed into its permanent location, like I said, in 1964. It opened up as as a museum on the 9th of of January in 1965. Visitors can view the inside of the main gun turrets as well as the uh, anti-aircraft guns. The ship has been recently used as a hurricane shelter in recent years, and during Hurricane Katrina, it suffered damage. The U.S. Alabama has been used for most of the, most of the battleship ser- scenes of the movie Under Siege. It was also used in a... St- stand-in for the USS Iowa in the television series War in Remembrance. So, go check that place out and report back to me, too. I'd like to go see that one. <coughs> I wouldn't mind going seeing the ship that's down there uh, in Texas at the at a, on a, ugh, our shores, the USS Texan or Texas or whatever. Yeah. Well, we got one more story, my fine friends, and then I think we're going to call it quits. Okay. Our last story of the day is the old Chihuahua, old Chihuahua in Oro, Alabama. It's an abandoned ghost town. 
when a when a town has been completely abandoned, it's considered a ghost town. There are several ghost towns located throughout Alabama, according to Thrillist.com. Chaba, Alabama is one of the most earlier abandoned towns in America. Between the years of 1818 and 1826, Chaba served as Alabama's first state capital. Today, the town is used as an agricultural park that attracts visitors from all over the southern, southeast, southeast and beyond. While scrolling the grounds of Chabo, you'll encounter many things that remind you of the town's past, including a slave burial ground that was created in the town, you also encounter a variety of buildings that have stood the test of time, including the Baker Slave Quarters, the Kirkpatrick Mansion, as one of the rooms and in one of the schoolhouses are still there too. In the historical St. Luke Espacol Church, which was built during the 1950s. A couple of well, a couple of wall sections from the uh, Methodist Church was uh, destroyed by the fire in 1954, but in built in 1849, this historic church was more than a hundred years old. Uh, the next time you're in Dallas County, Alabama, near the town of Selma. Be sure to stop and visit Old Chihuahua. All right, now here's some of the creepy stuff that happens there. There are several small okay, there are several small towns located throughout Alabama, many of which filled with lots of paranormal activity. One of the state's creepiest small town where paranormal activity has been witnessed is Old Chihuahua, which is also Alabama's most famous ghost town. Old Chihuahua is located in Dallas County and County and is one of Alabama's most haunted places. They say that about every fucking story I dig up. From 1820 to 1826, the creepy small town served as Alabama's first capital. After the Civil War, it was left abandoned. Old Chihuahua now serves the public as an archaeology park. One of the town's best stories just so happens to be one of many reasons why Ochoaba is considered creepy. As the story goes, a couple witnessed a floating orb in the uh, garden area of the Colonial C.C. Pegasus House. This happened right after he was killed during the Civil War. The story soon began to be known as the Pegasus Ghost. And visitors come from all over to see if they can see this floating orb. Even though Old Chihuahua is mostly filled with ruins, the historical past makes it a well worth visit. See, and I love I like to go visit shit like that, and especially with ghost stuff being in there too. Mm. But that's crazy how you would think. <laughs> that the state of Alabama would have thought about when they abandoned the town and moved it. You would have thought they would have wanted to keep it preserved to be like, hey, this was our first uh, capital. You know, it's like in Texas. I think our first capital was in Austin. But then, uh, no, our first capital, our capital is in Austin. But our first, our first capital was in Houston. And we moved it and we didn't abandon that town. It's just weird. You think they would have preserved preserved it or something, or tried to, you know, be like this was our first capital of Alabama. So, 
But I hope you guys enjoyed this stuff today, guys. Like I said, you guys be good to me. Keep hitting them subscribe buttons. Keep download. Keep my downloads going up. Keep my, my followers are going up, too. I'm up to close to 80 now on Spotify, guys. That's not bad. We was at 60. Now we're close to 80. I mean, that might not seem a lot to people, but it's a lot to me because, like I said, I do this all on my own. So I don't make any profit off of this. But I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. Remember, mm, excuse me, we're on Spotify, YouTube. Uh, we're pretty much on any platform to get uh, podcasts now. And you can look us up on Facebook and on Instagram. So you can hit us up anywhere. Tell us your stories. I'd love to interact with y'all more. So let's do that. But y'all keep it up, man. I think we can hit 10,000 downloads with your help. I know we can do it, guys. So keep them coming. But this has been Stephen LeBooth for Ghost Stories Told from the South. Episode 106, boy. But I hope you guys had a nice creepy time. But come by next time and hear some more creepy stories from Stephen LeBooth, the scariest guy around. We will see you later. Bye-bye.